0: Hello Cheeseheads and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. A day late, people were busy yesterday watching the game, drinking too much, doing all sorts, so we couldn't manage to get a team together, but we've got the uh, the elite team, the A team, back today. Um joining all the way from South London, Mr Paul Muir, how are you doing Paul?
1: Hey good, 25 hours later, which one am I in the 18? Do not say BA Baracus. <laughs>
0: of course you are, you're the muscle.
1: <laughs> hey, you ain't getting me an old playing fool, that's one for the kids. Um, I'm really well Franco, you missed an absolute cracker yesterday but we'll go into that right now. <laughs> I've done this two
0: times, you were pointing out what I did last year?
1: Uh, yeah, you missed the uh, Arsenal uh, North London derby, the first one at the, the stadium, and that was the best atmosphere <laughs> since yesterday.
0: Jeez, oh, well there you go. That's what I do. So, anyone anyway, glad everybody else and somebody else got to enjoy it, didn't they? So, thing oh, nice. Oh, also joining from up north, he's all on his own tonight. How are you doing, Seb?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Hoping that in with the A team analogy, that I'm face, obviously. Yeah, you can be. That's all right then.
0: As long as you're Murdoch as well. I'm obviously Hannibal come on I've even got a cigar in my mouth right now that's Bryn (laughs) yeah true that is Bryn Right, I'll be murdered right we're talking about as you said talking about the Man City game a great win that a lot of people weren't really expecting me included Um, and yeah another great day for Spurs with Harry Kane finally beating uh, the great Jimmy Greaves record: two hundred and sixty-seven goals in his Spurs career, monumental. And uh, yeah, it looked like a great day, great atmosphere, all of that. Uh, was it, Paul?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, somebody was saying even if um, we drew, which or lose, like I thought we were going to do last last week. Um mm. it still would have been a great day. No, everything yesterday was really, really good. Like the atmosphere, as I said, was excellent. Uh we played really, really well, which we're going to come into now. Um Aaron Lennon came on at half time, talked to Paul Coity, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And then we we, we held out for uh, a one nil. Kane gets a record. As a lovely little kind of pitch I think quite again. Um and then also there was um a message on the big screens from uh, greasy son um it was and I'm not going to lie I sat there and I had, had tears in my eyes it was really emotional it was it was fantastic to be there. that was history and I was there yesterday which I was really really proud about um it was a lovely day and the atmosphere was brilliant really really good that sounds great
0: yeah in fairness it's not often spurs kind of get these things right we did for the last game at the uh, the old stadium and um this this sounds like they they did really well Um, sounds like a great day out (laughs) pretty gutted, I missed it to be (laughs) fair oh dear we all make mistakes anyway, um, let's have a look well, no, let's just quickly talk because, you know, part of the reason I wasn't really particularly interested in going, I think the atmosphere has been pretty toxic. We've had a transfer window, which you, if you go online, people still aren't particularly happy with. There was the protest before the match. Um, I'll just briefly say that, that no surprise that there weren't actually particularly <laughs> big protests, pretty similar to the last time they tried to do it. And then the proposed walkout on 20 something minutes, 22 minutes, wherever it was, didn't seem to happen unless it was the same amount of people that were at the protest. So you wouldn't have even noticed. So all of that stuff was kind of irrelevant at the end. And and because we didn't lose and we didn't concede, <laughs> no, the boos and the levy out chance and all the negativity didn't get a chance to manifest itself in the stadium, it seemed. So it all ended up pretty perfect. Um I don't think, you know, levy's got off by any stretch of the imagination. We've still got some uh, financial accounts to report on, and I'm sure there'll be some backlash from that. But for the meantime, things are good. So I suggest that most Spurs fans just enjoy yourselves while you can. If you can't anyway, enjoy yourself...
1: After games like yesterday and, and occasions and the, the moment in history we saw yesterday, football is not for you. I'm just, <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to say. It's about emotion. It's about being with 61, 62 other thousand people in a wonderful bowl. Whatever you might think about that bowl in that stadium, you're there and you're all sharing that moment. It was really, really good yesterday. If you can't find joy in that, especially what's happening around the world at, at
0: the moment, then football isn't for you. Yeah, agreed. Right, let's crack into the lineup as we always do, um, Seb. I'll let you give us your thoughts because before, I mean, to me, I didn't think there was too much wrong with it before. Quite a few people saw it, and I was sort of reading a few things on social media; they weren't happy. Obviously, no Poro, but was it too much to expect him to come straight in? And you know, we know Conte wasn't at the sidelines, but he, I'm assuming he's picked that team, and he's not the sort of guy to, to kind of make those changes, is he? Really? No, he definitely does. You know, very rarely does he throw people. People in, um, even
2: going back to Kulisewski um, last mm. January, had to kind work, of work his way. A few weeks, that's all you're talking. Um, and obviously, the other thing to mention is um, when we look at the the squad, you would think that Poro is your attacking fullback when we're trying to attack teams, and yeah. Royale becomes your defensive fullback. And, and, you know, never more would he be needed in that role, if you like it, than against Manchester City. So, um, kind of made sense. And I would suggest that. Barring that um, conundrum, if you like, then the, the strongest team, certainly on paper, maybe not necessarily on form, but on paper, was was out. Um, so yeah, no, no kind of argument from uh, from my point of view. Um, Perisic on the left, uh, Davis or Longley is always a toss up, as we we discussed many times. And then apart from that, mm. that's, that's your strongest team. Never going to play three five two. Um, f- for those people who, who, who thought, you know, Basuma maybe and Son dropped and a change of formation, he's never going to do it. And also against Manchester City, saw it in the first game, they tend to match you up anyway. So it's not like, yeah. a, um, it's not really um, necessary in that instance. So, no, no surprises from me.
0: No, agreed. And the game itself, Paul, <laughs> you know, it feels like it was only last week that we played them. Obviously, a, a, a very different game. Mm. Um, but, fairly similar we know what to expect from Man City but it does seem to be a bit different when they come to White Hart Lane they just can't score let alone get a result there so I don't know why be so surprised that we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to you now. Oh, no, well, no, I'm joking I'm joking it was all doom and gloom last week but yeah in terms of the way the game played out um was there any surprises for you leading up to our first goal?
1: No not really I thought as you say we made a shot really really well um we we knew we were gonna get like less than like maybe 35 percent, a third of the possession. I thought when we did get the possession we countered from five four one uh into an attack. Probably the best we've done this. I think yesterday was the best we played for ninety minutes yesterday. I don't think anybody can mm-hmm. um can argue with that. But we did get the ball and we d- we did spring uh really, really well. Son, that's his best game, I think, for a long time. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. Balls coming to his feet. Ake didn't know where to come to him, Kanji didn't know where to come with him and he was spinning away and his first touch was great and he was taking on the half turn and we were away. So and then ball out to Kulu or Perisic coming the other side and, and, and we were away. It was nice. I, I I was really impressed uh with uh the way we set up and also the way we tried to press at key moments. Not press mm. out like a like a Leeds under Bielsa where it's 90 minutes just absolutely like chasing after someone and putting yourself in the red zone kind of anaerobically but it was we it was almost like we set little traps for them and we 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 wanted to lure them into like playing the ball into midfield to Rodri and then springing on Rodri really really quickly and trying to nip the ball back uh, in as you said to me as as you you WhatsApp me during the game yesterday at halftime you said it's amazing what happen when you apply a little bit of pressure And that's how we scored. But to answer your question, no, I I, I was really happy the way we played that first kind of 20, 25 minutes, especially when we kept
0: like Haaland, like really, really quiet and their midfield didn't really create much. No, um, it's I was kind of, again, on social media, lots of people saying how bad our defence is. And obviously we didn't look to make any changes in our centre-backs in the transfer window. People kind of doom and gloom in that. But it was a masterclass yesterday. They just gave Man City so little and in terms of that pressing, it was. It was I mean, I don't know because it was so similar to to the goal that we we got at, at the um, yep. Etihad, wasn't it? With and, and Seb, instead of being Edison that made the mistake, it was Rodri. But again, like Paul said, it was very uh, very clever pressing, wasn't it? And a great sort of cr- opportunity we created.
2: Yeah, it was almost like a chess move. Like <laughs> we kind of moved. You, you could kind of see it in slow motion. I thought um, Eric Dyer uh, again had one of his best uh, best games in a while yesterday. And he, he, was, he was tasked with um, pushing on to um, Bernardo Silva initially. Um, mm. And so when they had the ball at the back, um, Dyer was, was was actually, he was getting ahead of uh, certainly Hoybier. Benton Coeur uh, kind of leads the press really, so he didn't get ahead of him. Um, but on that goal, if you look, there's a line of Benton Coeur, uh, Perisic, um, Dyer and they've all moved up kind of ready to pounce. Um and then once um Hoibier, well Rodri plays the ball into Lewis and Hoybier's already already read it. He's he's there already um and able to uh, to play that ball to Kane for the goal. Um it was it, it was a really bad mistake by them but we kind of gave them no no option really other than to yeah. play a, a kind of loose ball out. We were so um it was so well timed. I think that's the thing that, that I was impressed with um, the most yesterday was the kind of um, teamwork that went into the press. It wasn't just one or two. Um, they all kind of moved together and kind of all knew what they were doing and what their position should be. Um, I said on social media, for me, it was somewhat ironic that it was, um, it took Antonio Conte not being there to play the kind of perfect Conte <laughs> ball that we've been waiting for all season. It really was from from minute one to 90, that was what Antonio Conte wants, and I think what he's been looking for. I just wonder what kind of went on this week for him, for them to be able to kind of get the message uh, and play that way without him being there.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. But it did seem like you said, Paul, any opportunities that were for little bits of presses because we almost intercepted almost as many times as we did intercept. There was lots in the midfield where we were kind of almost getting the ball back and not quite, um, not quite doing it. But we were we were really looking to break up that play, weren't we? Yeah. Seb's absolutely right. I thought Dyer was really, really good yesterday. Um, He
1: got caught out once when the ball slipped in behind him and Davis didn't come round. As, as Seb said, he's come 25 metres into the upper half to follow, um, you know, the, the, the guy wants to pick up, the first receiver for the, the Man City uh, defence, so to speak. He got caught in the first half and then Davis and then Romero's too slow to catch up with um, Haaland and they got they got in that way. But the pressing... Um, itself was, it, it was just, it was just like communication. It was almost like if, if, if like one player, had like, you know, kind of like was always telling it, was always pointing. I know it's says as well, like desk was always being pointed at by, um uh by Royale on his side and saying, go now, or it, like, tell him to like literally kind of like, like press, press, press. The, just the communication and the all round kind of like belief that we can actually like get the ball back high up the field. Um, yesterday was, we have we just haven't seen that. And it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just really, really good to see. And I just, I just wonder why we don't do it more. I don't know why it's not, it's not a fitness issue. It must be, I don't know, Scalini, yesterday just said like, okay, boys just like at these points when, the, when, when, Ake's got the ball or akaji has got the ball, then then just like, yeah, break down like, you know, they're kind of like first receiver, which would be their six, which would be Bernardo Silva or Rodri and just get around him. I also think as well, which I know it's just a it's Hoiberg. he's a ninja at like being on the blind side of someone. It always, and I know Bentancourt does it a lot, but Hojbjerg kind of like people always checking over their shoulder and they just don't seem to see Hojbjerg. And then he's mm. in there. He's, he's on he's on you. If you try and shift it onto your stronger foot, so to speak, Hoiberg is going to smash you. He's, he doesn't he doesn't mind giving a foul away like like uh, we'll probably come on a technical foul, uh, tactical fouls in a minute. But yeah, Hoiberg is really really good at just like almost like creeping up on someone and just like almost like trying to pick their pocket and they don't even know they're there. It, it mm. really good, really good all round yesterday. When we decided to press, we pressed correctly at the right time.
0: No, agreed. Horbier was was really good yesterday. He was really putting himself about. But even then, for the, for the goal, like we, you know, he had the presence of mind. He he, he timed his interception. You know, you can see the ball was coming in, and he and he got in there. And then he was under a lot of pressure and did just enough, didn't he, to to get the ball to Kane. And then, to be honest, Kane's uh, goal was a little bit of a scuff. He kind of hit it against the ground. Oh, here we go again. Was it scuffed? Was it
2: not scuffed?
0: (laughs) Brendan agrees with me this time. He messaged me. But, you know, he kind of hit it it into the ground. It wasn't the most perfect clean strike, was it? But it's that the thing with Kane is he just knows he puts it back across the goalkeeper. He knows that as soon as he puts it there, it's going to be difficult for him to save it. So it just his quality shows even when it's not his, his best strike in the world. Um, but yeah, to kind of score on 15 minutes, I don't think many people were expecting it to be a 1-0 game after that. I don't know. What did you think So, said? Were you, were you still nervous at that point? Uh, yeah, I'm always nervous.
2: I, I was nervous the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> um, the only thing is, however, <clears throat> it wouldn't have done anything to Manchester City's tactics. They wouldn't have changed no. anything. They would continue and have the belief that... Their method, um, and I, try, I, I honestly, I tried to work out their formation yesterday, and it completely confused me. Um, I couldn't work out a the formation or b the positions. I couldn't tell you what position Rico Lewis was meant to be playing. Um, I had him down, kind of on paper, if you like, as a fullback, but he seemed to be playing in a. He's taking up positions in defensive midfield, and I think Spurs. Yeah um were on to that. I don't think he, he, he felt he was hung out to dry really by, by Guardiola. But then I feel felt like a lot of them were. You know, there's been a lot yeah. of the media today about to be honest, a lot of the media apart from the Harry Kane has been about how bad Man City were as opposed to <laughs> how, how how good Tottenham kind of counted their play. Um but there was a few of them where I, I couldn't work out what their what their positions were.
0: Um well on I, paper it was supposed to be a it was supposed to be a four four two. Okay.
2: I heard someone uh say was it um they were playing three three four at one point. Uh, it did,
0: yeah, it just yeah. seems to move about quite a bit. And then he made yeah. subs, didn't he? he? Did things like put silver out to the wing and, and various stuff to accommodate um yeah, the subs he made. Just
2: just just didn't make a lot of sense sense to me. And I wouldn't say um we had Haaland, you know, I've seen a lot on social media again about Haaland in, in pocket, you know, in our, in Romero's pocket and all this type of stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I just felt that we dealt with the um the ball before Haaland very well. Um mm. so we we stopped that 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 channel. There was a few times where I think they, their vision Manchester City's vision could have been a bit better. Um but if you can cut him off, if you can isolate him then you, you stop his threat and that's that's what I felt that we did um really well. It took um pretty much all of our defenders to be have won their best games the season, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to individual but Emerson was fantastic. Dyer, as we said, was fantastic. Romero absolutely cleaned out hard. um, 20, 25 minutes in. A crazy tackle, but also a bit of a bone shaker. There's nothing nothing quite wrong with that, really. Davis was as consistent as ever. Um, And Hugo, thankfully, based on kind of past form, didn't have too much to do. Um, So, yeah, all, all in all... It was comfortable, but yeah, I I, I was still nervous. You you, you're
0: always nervous at at one nil. Yeah, I think it's that you know what you're going to have to give up a lot of possession. It's going to be quite nervy. But I agree. Like, when the game played out, I started to kind of get a bit more relaxed. If I'm honest, it just felt like we were we were putting a real um, sort of defensive performance on that they were going to really struggle to break us down, and and they did. Their chances were so limited in that half, weren't they, Paul? Like, I think they had maybe one or two. Grealish, I remember curling one wide. Um, and then obviously Mares hit the crossbar uh, right at the end of the half. But apart from that, we gave them nothing, and Haaland, didn't, was it he didn't have a single touch in the box or something?
1: Yeah, 27 touches all game, no touches in our box. That was That's finger Haaland. I agree with Seb. I love that challenge from Romero. I love that bollocks. I really do. He did it against that Turkish idiot, didn't he, at Leicester, and he broke his leg if he got it wrong, and I just thought that was one of my highlights of the season. Haaland was really disappointing yesterday. Um, I think you know. I, I think we dealt with him very, very well. But after that challenge from Romero, when Romero chased him like 15, 20 metres into the city half and, actually, and, and, and cleaned him out. I mean, I don't think it's a, a, like a reducer or anything like that from the 80s. It's not Vinny Jones or, or or somebody like that. But it was like, you can see that, yeah, that was that, a that, that was a of intent from Romero. And he got booked for that. And that was early on. And he played the rest of the half up until the 87th minute. The rest of the game, excuse me, you know, he was he was really really tenacious, but he didn't cross the line because he's on a yellow. Paul, Paul, he was Paul, superb.
2: There was, there was one incident. I don't know if you if you saw it, um, where he he fouled. I think he fouled Grealish. This was before the, the second booking. He fouled Grealish and then acted as if he'd been fouled. He went down. He was very he was very clever, and I think had he not done that. Questions could have could have been asked. I mean, I know Vir can't step in for a second yellow, um, but he definitely did the right thing to kind of stay down. Look, make it look like it was a fifty-fifty challenge, and he'd come worse off. Was
1: that the one when he dropped Grew- down to his haunches and Grudish runs into him and he gets hit, and it gets hit on the side or by Grudish's thigh? Is that the one you're talking about when he drops down?
2: Uh, yeah. I think okay. so. Grealish, Grealish caught him, but before that, it was Romero who put the challenge in. It was a Manchester right. City mm. free kick, okay. um, but um, but yeah, he did. I, I agree with you though. I thought he he, he did well. Um, I he don't like 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 we've we've agreed on. Don't mind the first challenge. I felt right. like the second one was always coming, and it was a necessary challenge. The second one as well. So um, yeah. not not a lot of complaints really, um, and I don't think he did either. Uh, did I read this right? It's the first time he's been sent off. Or have I got that wrong? Hey, Romero. Yeah. No, I think I've got that wrong. Scrap that. League. Can he yeah. get himself
1: in the yeah. Europa League?
2: First time. Oh, did he? For... Oh, so it's not even the first time for Spurs. Okay. Please. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I thought he got himself in the Europa wrong. League. Yeah, I think you might be right. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah, scrap okay. that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seb, I told you this had to be perfect because I wasn't going to edit it. Now look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It be. Yeah. See, so you can't be too perfect, can you? You've got to, have, got, <laughs> you've got to show you a human. Gonna stay in there, yeah. Um also like the fact he was kind of just getting a bit of argy bargy with Haaland, he was frustrating oh. him. Um you could you know there's that moment where he was they were pushing each other in the box and he kind of Haaland held onto his shirt so he went down, the ref gave it. Things like that, you could see were frustrating Harland, And in the end, that tackle that he did on Grealish, and he was kind of arguing with the ref, staying on, refusing to go off. And Haaland was the one that was just going, get off, man, just get off. You could see it's so frustrated with him. Could um, I just quickly interrupt there?
1: Could I quickly interrupt? On that sending off, I don't know if you ever see a replay of it again. You'll see Grealish cover his hand over his mouth. And being a little pussy that he is, he starts to like talk to um Romero when he's here. And Romero's like having none of it. And then, as you just said there, Highlands talking to Riff as well. And then what Greenish does, he goes behind, excuse me, behind Romero. And he grabs his shirt and he pulls him. Then Romero wrecks. Eric Dyer grabs Romero. Like literally around the shoulders, okay, and just literally kind of like walk because Romero's going to turn around and maybe do something, and then for it's going to be a one game ban at that point. If he does something and he pushes greed or whatever, you know, it's violent conduct. He'd go up. I don't know, go up to two or three. Eric Dyer there is exemplary. He just like grabs Romero. He's like you know, he's he, the guy who plays on the right inside of him and just shuffles him off the pitch. If you see it again, you watch it. He, it's superb play from Dyer because he you know. He, he, again, he's just—he's just typical of Dyer, The stuff that you don't really see sometimes from him. It was a, just a little point on that on, the, on that sending off. I agree. Yet he, he had to take, um, you know, he took, he took it for the team, the red, and it, it was great play. But remember, that was that was just what Di did. Was I thought was really really great, that teamwork,
0: really good. Just to make you feel better, Seb, I think that was his first sending off. So I think you oh, right.
1: was it? Oh, okay, sorry, I thought he got sent off in the the the, the Europa League. Okay.
2: Go. Really, I Can I just say something? I don't often do this, but um, uh, about um, the opposition and, and Grealish, because um, I know you just called him a little pussy, but um, I love watching that lad play. I absolutely love <laughs> that lad. Do
0: you I, like his tight shorts? So.
2: No, I just think he gets up, he plays the game in the right way. Yeah, he throws himself about a bit. Nah, I'm gets,
1: not having that. No. He gets
0: up, <laughs> he,
2: he goes again. If he was in a Spurs shirt, we would absolutely love him. Out of all the ones that we've been, could have got and all this... He's the one I felt even now he'd he'd massively improve us. I just like his attitude, I like his character, I like the way he plays I like the way he plays. I thought the battle between him and Emerson yesterday was probably the highlight of the of the game. I thought it was really fair, I thought they both were absolutely at it and on it and trying to get the better of each other. I really enjoyed it. Um and I don't, like I don't often single kind of opposition out for praise, especially from our perceived kind of top six rivals, but I, I I just really like him. I think he's a fantastic character.
0: Yeah, I know. he's a player that I think we all agree we should have got. And um, I just don't think maybe he, he provides enough. Do you know what I mean? Goals and assists. He's a great player to watch. I just don't know whether he um, contributes enough. Anyway, um, let's talk about the, the guy that was marketing mistake, Paul Royal. After all the talk about there was, you know, various people saying that we. Should, why did we let? Doherty go rather than Emerson. We kind of pointed out that he's worth a lot more money and he's a lot younger, so he's got a lot more resale value. But Also, he does seem to be the the sort of preference in that defensive thing. He's he's got work work rate, his fitness, everything, his physicality. And yesterday we saw all that, didn't we? And he he put in a real good shift.
1: Best game in a Spurs shirt, without a doubt. Um, yesterday, uh, yeah, stuck at his task. Probably knew that there is a replacement ready, been bought to replace him. So he's thought, right, here we go. I've got to play against probably one of the elite teams in 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 Europe, and I've got to play well. And he he, he did that yesterday. I agree with Seb that the the, the um the battle between him and uh, Grealish was a real highlight. I think I, th- I think. Um, Royale came out really, really well. Especially, you know, like when when it looked like he, the Greeks had beaten him, he got in. I think he, I think he took him down once um, in the first half, um, and just just covered everything as well. He had a lot of help from Kulu. I mean, Kulu did get back and and, and and fill in the half space inside. So there was, you know, he, he's never really left exposed. It, but even on the one-on-ones, you know, Jack's going to try and come in on his right-hand side and, and, and Royale didn't fall for it. And yeah, that that was a really mature, yeah, really good performance. I do think the rest of the team really, really liked Emerson Royale. And I think Royale's really well-liked within the squad as a whole because you can see that, you know, like... When he was getting a block in, or he's doing really well on one on ones. Romero was doing that kind of thing, where he like playfully punches him on the head, and, and and all that stuff that Romero does. And Dyer was like, you know, screaming at him and going yes, and pumping fists. And it seems like they were really, really like, you know, they knew that he's been under a bit of stick, and well, as a defensive unit, they've been under a bit of stick. And it felt like there was a real togetherness yesterday, and and he epitomised that. That was his best performance, I what I can remember, defensively. And we all know he's a great, he's a good defender. That, that's the best we've seen him. You know, against a really good oppo. I'm, I'm really pleased for him because I, as I said on this pod, I think booing a guy, whatever you may feel you're booing at the board or you're booing at yeah, the selection or whatever is fucking out of order. It's just bullshit. And he's come out of that yesterday. He should be feeling on top of the world and I hope he is.
0: No, I agree. I was uh, pretty pleased with him. It's that weird thing, isn't it, where one game of football can change so much. Last time we did a pod, where it was all doom and gloom. Everyone was miserable about stuff. And then we put in a performance like yesterday and you just think why can't we do this more regularly? We've got some really big games coming up at home. Um, West Ham probably won't want to have as much of the ball as, as City. And then we've got Chelsea as well. We can just do the same thing against them. I think both of those games are, are winnable and everybody will be buzzing again. Um, how do you feel about the result in terms of the context of the Gooners winning the league? though? <laughs> There's been a bit of chat about that online. Obviously, you should always want your team to win, but it's also a bit of a sickness now that the Gooners are sort of, what is it, um, eight points clear?
2: Fuck them, like <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, not I don't, Fuck I, them. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I, don't, I hope they don't win the league. See, they've still got to play City twice. It's five points. I know they have got a game game in hand. Uh, yeah, but they, they, you know, everyone they got they still got big games. They'll they they'll, they'll crumble. They'll shake at some point. You know Well this that, is it. I
0: did I did uh, love the fact that after that result of the weekend their first loss in absolutely ages and their fans were already going, right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Title <laughs> Challenge is over. <laughs> yeah, they've, not, they've not been in the position
2: that they're that they're in now. You know, not that's not that's not a, a dig, that's that's just a fact. Um, yeah. who knows how, how they'll handle it when, when shit gets real. Because at the moment, as I said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago ago it was Boxing Day effectively. Now we're, you know, in a normal season, we're early Jan. They've got Europa League games and all that coming up. There's a lot that can change, a lot that can happen. Um yeah. and um, you know, I think not getting their 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 main targets. Um, you know, I always go on about how I hate kind of how um open and media friendly, if you like, the, the transfer window is in terms of that. We all know everything, apparently. Um, mm. And I kind of, you know, long gone are the days where a so- signing would kind of um, come out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere but yeah. um, for, for, in terms of Arsenal, it's kind of played into everyone else's hands because people are questioning, we well, didn't get your two main targets. You know, they went for yeah. Woodridge, they went for Caicedo, they ended up with Trossard and um, uh, what's, what's his name, Jorginho, which mm. is... You know, I found the, the latter odd, an odd move. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. City, the, the only thing is, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, and uh, I think, um, one of the pundits I listened to yesterday said it about City. You're kind of expecting them to just roll, suddenly roll on, you know, get become that machine that we know they can be, spin off 12 mm. games on the bounce and uh, and take control of it. But it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And you're just mm. not one of those years where, um, the um, you know not that they win it by default, but one of those years where Liverpool obviously are way off it, Chelsea are way off it, and there's a few that are, that are off it, um, and and Arsenal are the kind of best of, well not the best of the rest, but you know they they, they turn out they 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 get the results, but I hope not. In terms of us, um, I I think it's really interesting. Um, the, I've, I, there's two things I've heard about Tottenham that are kind of really. Made sense to me coming from within the club. The first one was the, the Conte revelation that they'd had this big meeting um, before Fulham um, and tried to iron a few things out and spoken honestly and uh, and everything. Uh, and obviously, since then, we've had three clean sheets, if you include the the Preston game. Um, yeah. And then also the interview that Paratici did um, when he was interviewed, mainly with regards to the transfer window and um, the ins and the outs, but also he spoke towards the end about um, they that as a club they see the season as two halves. Um, mm. It wasn't mm. the it wasn't pre World Cup and post World Cup. It was. Um, the up to the end of January and he spoke about being in a position at the end of January to challenge in all competitions now I'm not sure if they include the league cup in that but that's 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 where we're at um you know we we are we were before the weekend a few points off fourth we're still a few points off fourth but things look obviously a little bit rosier with Newcastle dropping points and uh, and us beating the uh the champions and then um you know we've got big big games against struggling AC Milan um, and, uh, you know, what looks like a decent draw in the cup. So, you know, if that was the the position that the club took, put ourselves in a position to be, then based on the second half of last season, where we seem to just be uber fit, way, way quicker and way more at it than the majority of other teams. And if they think that's what they're going to do in the second half of this season, then great. It could be very, very exciting.
0: Well, Can yeah, I... it doesn't feel like we've, we've been busting a gut for the first part, does it? Because some games, we have been very sort of slow and a bit ponderous. Um...
1: After uh, after the game yesterday, um, a couple of people sit around me who, who listen to us on, on this pod. Uh, one of them uh, brought up what Seb said a few weeks ago. He said, like, you said, Seb, you fancy us when we're chasing. And yeah. um, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think Contne probably fancy it and the team fancy it. So we're hunting down... Newcastle, we probably United are a bit too far ahead of us, but we're hunting down Newcastle. So they've they've hit a bit of a a bump at the minute. Um, they they they're going through like not a great patch, and, and we seem to be like as as Seb just said, they're coming into like you know the kind of like little kind of like final kind of uh, period of the of the, uh, of the season where it looks like we're going to come on strong. So yeah, we, it's it's, we, it's still a crazy
2: on. league. It's still a crazy league. I know I know this you know stats lie and all that. If we'd have beaten Man City away, held on to that two 0 lead, we'd be level on points with them. So, it, you know, it's it it it's, it there's still loads to play for. Uh, we're still well in it, you know. Uh, and even there's teams below us that I'd st- say are well in it. Brighton are on a hell of a run. So there's there's you know it's going to be really interesting. But you want to be in the position that we're in. You don't want to be in Chelsea's position or Liverpool's position. You know, this we we're, we're, we're in it. We've got a lot to play for, and you just hope that the fans. Um, I mean, I, I saw something about the fans did walk out after the protest. The fans did walk out after 22 minutes of their own protest, didn't walk out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Get behind the t- There's loads going on. We've seen yesterday was a historical day, you know, and it looked like there was a club there that had kind of come together, like Paul said, got their shit together off the pitch, if you like, in terms of how we how we promoted it and how we displayed it. And when you see the celebrations after the Paul Coyne interview and Hugo's all, they're all diving on each other, Hugo's diving on Kane, and then he comes in a dressing room and, you know, they are together. And, uh, you know, going back to what we were originally talking about, that'll mean a lot to Harry Kane. That really will, I think, mean ever so much to Harry Kane, how the club kind of have acted um, with regards to him getting that record. Um, and, you know, and... If good thing, good things could be just round the corner if we we can sort out the next few weeks, um, you know. So funny, isn't it? You go up and down, but I'm I'm positive today.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there is that. I still feel like we need to create more chances, and we still need to be more attacking as a team. I mean, we've had some good results of late, but you know. Goonies game wasn't too long ago. Yeah, I'm not going to carry it away. I never do. Um, but also, the club need to hire some better PR people because that response to the to the supporters trust didn't really do much to placate fans. If anything, it rolled them up a little bit more. And maybe it is a little bit of a sort of misunderstanding because you see that Levy sees the club before he took them over as kind of, Perennial mid to lower table, and then ever since then we've we've been further up. But he talks about sort of getting in top four and getting in European competition, and there was no mention of we want to win trophies. Now, obviously, the, you'd assume that they do want to win trophies, but you just got to say some stuff like that sometimes, because otherwise fans will uh, will pick up on the absence of those comments and we'll see it as sort of a, a lack of ambition. Um, and it does feel a little bit like the club are sort of like like you said, get us there or thereabouts, and then sometimes we might do a little bit better and a little bit worse. We just need a decent FA Cup run. If we can get an FA Cup final this year, I'm sure a lot of fans would be a lot happier. I agree. I agree. It, it, the, 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 tr-
1: the response to the trust, to good friends of us here on the pod, um, there just seemed to be a distinct lack of any kind of, not apology, because I'm not expecting an apology from Enoch, but a kind of... Any kind of like, you know, holding their hands up and say, "Look, maybe we have got it wrong a little bit. We're not perfect, but it was none of that." And yeah. that, that, that was a real shame because, as you say, yeah, that that's a point to gain some good kind of well, not not some good kind of currency, but you know, to get some favour maybe back at certain points or certain points of the fan base, is what I'm trying don't, to say.
2: They don't, they don't need to. I've got I've said this before. No, uh, they don't. Okay, go on, mate. No, Sorry, Karen. No, for me. Look, I know we're, we're we're friends with the trust, etc. I've got to say, I always try and be honest. Um, I thought what the trust asked was pointless. I thought it was stupid, not for the first time. Um, uh, I, I don't think they, I don't think they make themselves look good um, in terms of. Uh, I've always said, you know, i I run a very small business, but if some outside company asks me. About my success, it's not the
0: same, though. Seb. It's not the same, but it is. You haven't got, you haven't got loads of people invested in your success, have you? It's, it's different. And the thing is, what I will say about the trust is those comments. They might have seemed a bit stupid in the sense that the, what you expect in the club to say when they say, "What do you think about your transfer policy?" They're not going to turn around and go, "Yeah, we bought a load of shit, didn't we?" That, like, that player that we've got stuck at right back, Emerson Royal, he was a massive mistake. They're not going to slag off players they've got. I would but- treat those questions with disdain. What, what, yeah, why, exactly. Why, why wouldn't you? But Seb, the point is, those are the questions that fans are asking, and that's what the supporters' trust is supposed to represent. Those are the questions you see all the time on social media. So if they don't, if they don't address it and they ignore it, then they'll just say the club don't listen to fans, or sorry, the the trust don't listen to fans. The,
2: the fans need to understand, and this is where the big breakdown is. Once you accept that football is a business, then you can then then you can understand it. It's not, I'm not saying it's right. We've had, I've said this loads of times on the pod, but to ask those questions, you are basing those questions along you, you know, like it's football manager, like you can just go out and buy who you want, and uh, and the the the, the, the club are going to listen to to the voices of the fans. They don't, they are only interested in money. That's that's all it is. It's all it is to. to all of them in the Premier League. Mm. Whichever club mm. you look at, they are only interested in money. American investors coming in, why are they doing it? Because they love Burnley or they love whoever. No, they're doing it because they think they can make a quick buck or a, or a, or a long buck if they can get into the Premier League. The money is ridiculous. So why mm-hmm. would Daniel Levy or Joe Lewis or Cullen or any of the others who are making a ridiculous amount of money, it'd be five million quid taken yesterday. Uh, you know, why would you give that up? People who think they're going to sell because a few people are saying, leave you out and all that. I don't, I understand the frustrations. I understand the frustrations of of the supporters trust, but it is, you are banging your head up against a brick wall if you think you're going to get any answers that placate you or satisfy you because all the answers will be is, we think we're doing a good job. Look at the money. And that's the, that's always the argument. Look at the money. Look, look at how much money we're bringing in. Look at how much money we're spending. You know, it doesn't matter that someone else is going out and spending 10 times as much. Look at the money
0: we're spending compared to what we
2: used to spend. That's And that's their argument.
0: Yeah, I will not disagree with that. Right, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. It's late. I still haven't packed, so I'm going to have to call this one to an end. Um, let, me, <laughs> let me just quickly mention football prizes. They've got a great prize on this week. And there's a big opportunity because they've sold 25 tickets so far. Um, it's assigned Sheringham and Klinsman frame shirts and photos at the bottom. Looks absolutely great. Um, there's obviously lots of instant prizes available as well. Retro spur shirts, um, various cash prizes and stuff like that. Tickets are three ninety-five dollars with $199 available. Like I said, only 25 sold, so a real good opportunity to win this one. Um, don't forget with the discount code CR10, that's all letters CR10, you will get a 10% discount as well. So get involved there at footballprizes.co.uk. All right, Mr Muir, thanks ever so much for joining as always. No problem. Have a great
1: holiday. Thanks for listening, cheeseheads, And just remember, Harry Kane is now our all-time greatest goal scorer.
0: And <laughs> you got to see it with your own eyes, exactly. Is, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> i got to see it in hd but anyway um so <laughs> <laughs> cheers for joining mates
2: no problem at all thank you for having me on sorry it turned into a little bit of a thing at the end but yeah like as paul said I shouldn't forget yesterday was historic day
0: and uh yeah harry kane legend what time to be alive right she says, um the youtube gang are filming in recording in 10 minutes so I don't think I'm going to get the pod out before that. and You certainly won't listen to it, but they'll be back uh, later in the week with a preview for the game at the weekend. Got a special surprise doing the pod uh, next weekend. I won't reveal too much. Uh, myself and Bren are not going to be here, so we're going to be with someone else. And uh, it'll be a blast from the past, so, so you can guess who that's going to be. But um, listen out for the pod next weekend, and then um, I'll probably be back doing uh, the AC Milan review, but that'll be the day after, because I don't get back till sort of late. On, that, on Tuesday. So, anyway, look out for that. Um, until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.
2: Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.